on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. A good Thursday evening to you. Welcome in Brewers Weekly, a big edition of the program. We can officially say that Christian Yelich has been extended by the team. It is now official. It is not just reported, and the extension is going to be uh, announced during a press conference that's going to be coming up uh, tomorrow. And this is uh, this is important stuff. This is good stuff. This is. This is something very good for this organization in terms of getting their keystone player locked in for a very, very long time moving forward. And clearly that's going to be the the main part of our show today. We're not going to spend uh, every single one of the next 52 minutes on Christian Yelich, but we are going to spend many of these next 52 minutes on Christian Yelich. If you would like to join us, you can do so by calling into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. We're having some issues with the texting portion of the uh, Talk and Text Line. So if you text, there's no guarantee I'm going to see it. You can also tweet at me if you'd like. If you're on Twitter, that would be the more safe way to uh, get at me. Find me on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. As we always do at the beginning of the show, let's get ready for this week's Three Up, Three Down. It's time for Three Up, Three Down. Three things from the past week that are trending in the right direction. And the three things the crew needs to work on. Number one. All right, the Yelich contract, that's got to be number one. That could be number one, two, and three, and we could just go right to the down portion if we wanted to. Uh, Clearly, uh, this is something that's very, very good for the Brewers. I think it's very, very good for Christian Yelich as well. Is he leaving some money on the table? He absolutely is. There was, I think, the world, I think the world of Ken Rosenthal, but he put something out on The Athletic where he basically said, you know, maybe it would have made more sense for the Brewers to actually trade Christian Yelich because of what you're going to be getting for him at the uh, at the end of his contract. And I, I think, with Mr. Rosenthal, with all due respect, I think that's asinine. It's a great deal, and he's going to be he's coming in at below market value. Now there is probably some pressure on the organization on the team to make sure that there are players around him and we're going to talk much more about that uh, not just on this week's program but moving forward as well but from a very just kind of surface level deal the Christian Yelich deal it is a good one number two Corbin Burns continues to pitch well I feel like I'm going to keep banging the drum no uh no pun intended on banging trash cans like the Houston Astros. Uh, I feel like I'm going to keep banging the drum on this because it's something that I've really believed that last year was, in all likelihood, an anomaly for Corbin Burns. Nothing's been proven yet, right? Like He hasn't pitched in a major league game for us to see how much different he's going to look. And in fact, I I still think there's a pretty good chance maybe they send him to AAA to start the season and have him in the rotation at AAA just to give him a taste of some in-game success. But he continues to pitch well, and all the excitement and all the promise that existed around him at this time last year, for me, maybe it's not quite as, uh, as bright of a light, 
But for me, I, I still think he can turn into the guy that we thought he was going to be this time last year. And so far in spring training, he hasn't done anything to uh, make me feel like I'm wrong on that. Number three. You know, Logan Morrison's an interesting story. Hit a couple bombs this past week. Comes in on a minor league contract, invite to Major League Spring Training. He's had some success success at the Major League level. He's had some injuries. I just I don't know if the roster has a spot for him. 26-man roster, and all that's going to get worked out. He said this past week that he's not going to go down to the minor leagues, that that's just not going to happen. Now, maybe if he has a really good camp and it's just not going to work out, maybe he and the Brewers can come together on something where he gets an out on like May 1st or something on April 15th just to buy a little bit more time at the beginning of the season where maybe he would go down. But he's playing well, and if nothing else, he's probably proving to some other teams out there that he can still play at the big league level. Strike two. All right, so I know the intro talks about this being Brewers related. A lot of times when I get to the uh, to the strikes, it's uh, it's not so much Brewers related, and this is one of those things. It sometimes I'm 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 questioning whether Major League Baseball is going to go too far in terms of limiting video inside of games. You know, this, everything connected to the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. Is um, it's it's going to continue on for a while. This is not going to end anytime soon, and more things are going to be said, and there's going to be more allegations. And sometimes when you don't react appropriately at the beginning, you react too strong. And I feel like that's the case of what might be going on with Major League Baseball right now, because it it is it seems like based off what we're hearing from players, that Major League Baseball is going to try to pretty much limit all in-game video. And that isn't the way to go. If you don't know, a lot of times when a batter has an at-bat, they'll go back and they'll watch their last at-bat before they go watch the next one. There's some good teaching tools that can be used in-game with video. Now, clearly, there needs to be a line that you don't cross, and I guess it is a slippery slope because if you have a little bit of video available, then what's stopping anybody from going too far but the idea of just completely getting rid of any type of in-game video, that seems like a bad decision to me. Strike two. So that uh, that bar and the swimming pool at Marlins Park, no more. You know what I'm talking about, right? If you've watched games on TV, out there in left field, there's the bar. Where they, they, uh, and there was a swimming pool inside of the bar. It was a huge deal. It was a big deal when the new ballpark opened up. The uh, nightclub was called the Clevelander, and people could go have a drink, and they could hop in the pool, and it was this party vibe. Well, yeah, that's not going to exist anymore. The Clevelander nightclub has officially closed. The swimming pool, the dancers, the DJs, they're all out of work. They're done with it. The space is still going to be accessible to fans. There's going to be some different seating. The pool is going to be closed. There is going to be some type of a bar that's going to be there, but there is not going to be the nightclub vibe anymore in Miami that they were trying to go for when they first opened up that ballpark. Strike three, you're out. This shouldn't be strike three. I'm being mean. Hopefully my wife's not listening right now. Uh, Mike Schilt is getting married. The St. Louis Cardinals manager. Now, here's what he's doing it. 
the the Cardinals are playing a uh, they've played a, a split squad game there. They played two games today. I think they played in the day and at night. He managed those games. He's going to go get married tomorrow, and then he's going to manage again on Saturday. He's going. Yeah, that's it. There's no honeymoon, nothing like that. There's an off day in the schedule in Grapefruit League play down in Florida. So the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals is going to use that day to get married. I really shouldn't have put that under three down, but I did. And we're just going to go on from there. That is this week's edition of Three Up, Three Down. All right, if you want to join us, we'll talk Christian Yelch. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, we would rather you talk than text today because our text is not fully functional. Uh, you can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. What I want to hear from you, excitement level about the Yelich deal? Are you somebody who doesn't think it's a good deal, that you think it's too long and it's too much money and it may not work out and all of a sudden you've, you're committed to this guy for a really long time and maybe it's going to turn out bad at the end? If you, if you believe that, I'll disagree with you, but I will absolutely welcome you onto the program. But we will take your phone calls, 855-616-1620. Your thoughts on Christian Yelich signing a long-term extension with the Brewers. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling in to the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620-855-616-1620. The text line is not currently operational, but there are people smarter than me working on that. We've got people on it. So I'll let you know as soon as uh, the text line is back. This deal to... So I want to start by saying this. And in no way, shape, or form is this a pat myself on the back sort of thing because I I get a lot of things wrong. So many people out there thought that extending Yelich and extending Yelich sooner than later was not going to happen. And I always thought sooner than later actually made it more possible to happen. Now, my rationale, the reason I thought that, turns out to be completely untrue. So my belief was right, but my reasons for my belief were incorrect. I always thought, and you've, you've probably heard me say this before, I've, I always thought that one of the ways to get an extension done with Yelich was take these next two seasons of his current contract, where he is going to be incredibly underpaid, and basically rip up the contract, give him more money when you don't have to here in these uh, in these next two seasons, and then maybe you can give him a little bit less money on the back end. To me, that always seemed like the way to get a long-term deal done with Yelich. Now, where I'm wrong on that, where I'm completely wrong on that, is he's not getting a raise these next two seasons. The contract that he had is the contract that he has. He is staying at the amount of money that he was going to be at these next uh, couple years. So then that brings us back around. If you're Christian Yelich, what leads you to signing this deal? And I, clearly to me, I mean, he may he took a below market value contract. He likes Milwaukee. 
Milwaukee provides everything that he wants as a ball player. Uh, he was in Miami before he got here. Look, credit goes to the fans, by the way, and this isn't me trying to pander to you. Credit goes to the fans because he he loves playing here. He loves being in a place where he's going to be supported. And that has a lot to do with the fans that show up. Wisconsin sports fans impact these things. I think Giannis is going to sign a long-term deal with the Bucs. He's going to sign that Supermax contract at one point. And that's going to be part of, it's partly the fans. I think you can look at what's happened with, with an Aaron Rodgers. Like Wisconsin sports fans are great fans. One of the, one of the terms that Mark Atanasio uses sometimes, especially before this year, you know, when they were signing some guys like Yasmani Grandal and when uh, Mike Moustakis and guys like that talking about, you know, punching above their weight in terms of the money that they were able to spend. I think Milwaukee as a sports community punches above its weight in terms of being able to keep superstar athletes very happy to be where they're at. And that has something to do with why Christian Yelich is going to continue to be a Milwaukee Brewer. Let's go to James on the south side who has given us a call. Hey, James, you're on WTMJ. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. Well, I, th- I, th- I think this is wrong because I think we've, we've got burnt too many times in the past in that, and I, and I think that I'd rather see him play the next two or three years of this contract that he's got right now and then go from there really okay. Like, like you said, it would be a lot more expensive, but maybe... Maybe it would be about a lot better. Give us a better uh, insight into him than anything else. What what contract specifically do you feel like the teams have been burned? Well, I on? think that I think a lo- I think this long contract till till almost the end of this decade would be too darn long. I mean, for the, almost two hundred million dollars. I think that's too much. I mean, okay, we're getting them as a bar. You get, you're saying we're getting them at a bargain uh, basement pri- bargain basement price, but I think that. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 we've we've got burnt too many times. Whether it's been uh, other other position players or pitchers or stuff like that. Jay, okay, so I'll, I'll give you pitchers. Like, there's been some bad pitching sign. I mean, you can look at the Jeff Supons of the world, even like a Matt Gar. Like I, I get there's been some pitchers who have been signed, but those haven't been super long deals. Those have been like three, four year type deals. What what deal do you feel like the Brewers have really been burned on in terms of like really a long term contract? Ryan Braun. I think that he they made him in the face, and he's no um, Robin Yelt. He I, I liked him uh, before before all his uh, shenanigans and everything else. But then when all that other stuff happened, he ain't no Ryan Braun. I mean, Ryan Braun ain't no um, uh, kid, you know. Robin, uh, you know. What? And but I, here's the thing, Jen. Look, if we want to talk about off-field stuff, if you want to, if you want to be upset about what happened there, there's a lot of people that are still upset. I get that. I, I don't really want to talk about that right now. But what no, I no, will no, say, I but, 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 but hold on, James, 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 James. Let me let me talk. Okay. All right. Um, from a from a production versus amount of money paid, I, I know people always see the contract and the fact that he was making twenty million dollars a year for for three years in that contract. Last year he made nineteen. This year he's made seventeen. James, there's a lot of people in Major League Baseball who have been paid a lot more money than Ryan Braun who have not produced as much as he has. They've, they've gotten their money's worth on Ryan Braun uh, from an on-field perspective. Okay on that. But I, I, I like Yelich. I think that if, we can, if he can be you know, up to his level that he is or however, 
they would be very much. And if we make it like you just like everybody's trying to say, where he's going to be the face of the team, up and coming, and everything else, and build play, uh, build the team around him. I I hope we could. I, I hope, but you know, we like I say, we've got burnt too many times, and it's just uh, I, I, I guess that that that's the uncertainty that we as fans are. Look at it this way: We drew three mil, almost three million last year, and we couldn't afford the team that we had. It we had on the field there. We had to gut the team to get uh, go below salary and everything else this you year. You think the, they gutted the team? Well, they went from forty to sixty million dollars. They got rid of about half the team. I mean, I mean of the tw- of the regular players that play every day. Yeah, they gutted the team. I mean, I mean uh, some of some of the players maybe maybe not as much. Uh, as others that uh, that played a uh, part into this team this past season or two, but they did gut the team. They they have and a less. I, I would. And, and, and are we going to be are, are we going to be able to accept that if they if the Brewers go uh, five hundred and they don't uh, don't get to the playoffs, don't get a wild card, don't get anything else? I mean, uh, come on, it, it, you and you and me are smart, just like just like you just mentioned Giannis before. If Giannis doesn't get a, a what do you want to call the word, have a, a, a chance at uh, playing into the play, uh, finals this year or next year, I think Giannis would be gone. I don't think it doesn't matter how much you can smile and say, oh, this is beautiful and everything else. No. James, you, uh, i got to let you go. Real quick, though, uh, what is one thing in the world of sports that makes you happy right now? Well, what's coming up right now? March Madness. Okay, I just I just want to end this on a positive I, I, no, no, note because no, no, you are that's, that's, you are such a negative my, guy. I just I can't give you a hug, so I just want to get something positive but, but, out you know before what? I let you go. But, but but you know what? You do you do a good job on your show and everything else, and you guys do. And I, I I'd like to see I'd like to see our teams exceed the expectations. All right, James, but, I appreciate it, and I'm giving you a hug through the radio. I really am. This is Brewers Weekly, 4-1. No, I almost gave the wrong number. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Hugs through the radio all the way around. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. Good news. My guy Evan working behind the glass today. He got the text line fixed, so you can now text in in addition to calling in. AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Sue has called and has been incredibly patient. Hi, Sue. You're on WTMJ. Hello. A couple things. First of all, I do not like the reference that you got him cheap. What do you think he's thinking about when he hears that? And I think that is just a horrible comment to say. And number two, you've never, ever mentioned that maybe he's staying because he likes the manager. Greg Council is a wonderful manager, and the guys like him, and he play, they play well for him. And maybe that's one of the reasons he's staying, because some of these managers are a bunch of kooks. I Sue, you're right. Craig Council is as good of a manager as there is in baseball, and players love playing for him. And that's why I think one of the reasons he's staying. And stop calling that he's getting that we got him cheap. That sounds so tacky and demeaning, and I think that is very wrong. I wouldn't even bring it up. Did where'd she go? Did she just hang up? Sue, I was gonna. Okay. Hey, Evan. You're at the grocery store, right? 
and you're going to go buy some bananas. How much do bananas generally cost? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's a bad... Uh, you're going to go buy like a two-liter soda, which is normally a buck fifty for a two-liter soda, and uh, it's 50 cents. You go home and you tell somebody, hey, I got soda for 50 cents. It was... Much cheaper than the alternative. And... Sorry, I just kind of throw this out, too, and I brought this up earlier. Look at some of the other contracts, like Mike Trout and uh, Cole, uh, the pitcher of the Yankees sign. His name escapes me at the moment. It's offseason. You look at some of those contracts, and then you look at Yelich. It's a great value. So Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of words we could use. We can say below market value. We can say, um, we can say discount. But we could say cheap. You can say cheap, and I'm not talking cheap as in the sense that you go buy something that's cheap and it breaks you know, five minutes after you've been using it, just in terms of the, what they're paying for him is less than his market value. And I'm sorry, Sue, that you took the word cheap in the, the connotation of meaning bad, but we're not going to tell people how much he's getting paid when she says to me, you shouldn't even bring up how much money he's getting paid. Like That's, that's the huge storyline about this, people. The fact that the Brewers are able to sign him to a long-term deal is directly connected to the fact that he took a below-market-level contract. And he did that because he loves playing in Milwaukee. And we'll find out more when he speaks at a press conference coming up tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with taking a below-market-value contract. If Christian Yelich sits there and says, Hey, I love playing in Milwaukee. I love playing in front of the Milwaukee fans. I love playing for Craig Council. I love every. I love playing at Miller Park. I love all this stuff. So if I take a contract that's below market value, it's worth it to me because my life is going to be happier because of it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. It says something about all parties involved. Money isn't the end-all and be-all with Yelich. The community, the fan base, everybody, it's a very good thing. So I, I understand that the word cheap can sometimes mean something of low quality, but so, words mean different things. And sometimes the word cheap means you're paying less money than what you normally would pay. The Mike Trout contract, and I think you can put, you can put Christian Yelich shoulder to shoulder with Mike Trout. They are two of the three or four, or maybe they are the two best baseball players from a position player standpoint, walking the face of the earth. Mike Trout is going to make $37 million every year between now and 2030. Christian Yelich is going to make more than $10 million less per that when you take the annual average value. Ten million. You, if you want to argue that Mike Trout's a better baseball player than Christian Yelich, go, go ahead. That's a, it's an inter, you might be right. But is Mike Trout 10 plus million dollars better than Christian Yelich on a year by year basis? No, he's not. So they got a good value. It's Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Continuing on here on a Thursday, welcome back in. Matt Pauley hanging out with you. It's been a fun show. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet into the program 
at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's go into this week's edition of Going Deep. Whether the Brewers are winning or losing, a player is on a hot streak or slumping, there's always a reason why. Here's this week's in-depth look at the current state of the Brewers as we go deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! So I've touched on this a little bit already in the program, but I think it's worth noting. Happiness is worth something. And we saw that happen with two contracts recently with the Brewers. Freddie Peralta signed a deal. His uh, arbitration years got bought out, and he's gonna. And there's some some option years at the end of the contract. He potentially left a lot of money on the table. He even talked about the fact that his agent advised him not to take the deal because if he goes and plays out the next few years and he profiles out as somebody who should be a very successful major league pitcher. He should be able to cash out in a big way. Instead, he makes the decision that he's going to secure himself and his family financially forever moving forward. And maybe he leaves millions of dollars on the table by doing it, but it it, it creates happiness. It creates that situation where he has security moving forward. Christian Yelich left a lot of money on the table. The... I keep going back to the Mike Trout contract, 12 years, $426 million. Yeah, you, you can look at the Bryce Harper deal. You can look at the, the Anthony Rendon deal. You can look at the uh, Manny Machado deal, the Garrett Cole deal. Like You can look at all these big money contracts. And it's clear that had Yelich played out the next couple years with the Bruits, Brewers and eventually gone to free agency, he could have gotten a deal with an annual average value north of $30 million. But he likes Milwaukee. He likes all parts, or at least the vast majority of parts, of playing with the Brewers. Happiness is worth something. We're at a weird crossroads right now in baseball. And I am someone who sides with players more often than not when it comes to players getting paid. You know, it's the old millionaires versus billionaires thing who do you want to see if you root for the underdog then you would root for the millionaires to get paid more money and i think there is at times a problem in major league baseball with owners being willing to spend money and i want to see players make as much money as they can during their short amount of time that they get to be major league baseball players but if those players choose to take less money to stay in a happy situation or to guarantee themselves, as Freddie Peralta did, financial security for the rest of life, good on them. I got no problem with that. That's their option to do that. And I'm happy that the Brewers have a couple players on the roster who made that decision in Christian Yelich and Freddie Peralta. That is this week's edition of Going Deep. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. What are the financial ramifications surrounding this team now that this Yelich deal is done? We'll talk about that next here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Continuing on with Brewers Weekly, 
If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I think another part of this Yelich deal that's really important for this team going forward is it gives them a better view of where they're at from a financial standpoint. I mentioned this earlier uh, when we were doing our crosstalk with uh, with the WTMJ Knights folks. And this offseason, when Yasmani Grandal got that offer from the White Sox, and I know the Brewers wanted to bring Grandal back, when they're making that decision internally, do we get into the same neighborhood from a financial standpoint as what the White Sox are offering them? They had to be sitting there saying, well, we can do this, but does this handcuff us going forward in terms of being able to sign Christian Yelich? That roadblock doesn't exist anymore. Now, there's going to be people out there that are still frustrated with the the money or the lack thereof that the Brewers spent this offseason. We had a caller earlier who referred to it as, you know, gutting the team. They didn't gut the team. I would I would strongly disagree with that. Did they lower payroll? They absolutely did. I'm not running away from the fact that they lowered payroll. But the if you're on like a line where one side is just lowering payroll and the other side is gutting the team, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle on this. They didn't gut the team. But what they can do now is they have a much clearer view of what things look like from a financial standpoint. When they're making decisions moving forward about signing guys, whether it's acquiring players this this year via trade where maybe you have to bring on some salary or this next offseason when they're making decisions, they know what money is going where and you're not going to have this big thing sitting out there of whether or not they're going to have a huge expenditure that goes along with re-signing Christian Yelich. Tom tweets at me. He said, how do I feel about this deal? I wish they would have done something similar to keep Paul Molitor. Do they still have money to get a third baseman? I think the I think the third baseman situation for this year is is set unless it just doesn't work at all and they end up making a deal midway through the season. But again, kind of going back to what I was saying, now they know where they stand financially, and I think it is going to be maybe a little bit easier for them to spend money going forward because they know exactly uh, where they're at and they're not holding anything back for a potential Yelich deal. Let's go to Al and Tosa, who's given us a call. Hi, Al. You're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt. Yeah, I just wanted to say this. Yelich signing. I think it's a win-win. It's a win for the city of Milwaukee and the Brewers, and it's a win for Yelich. Let me explain. Milwaukee keeps a blue-chip player. We're not just a city and a team that has a player for a couple, three years, and then we know we're going to lose him, all right? So that adds a lot to, I think, the enthusiasm of the fans. From Yelich's standpoint, I think he realizes last year that he's one funny kind of a foul tip away from maybe having an end of his career. Yeah, I don't think he thought of it that way, but, Al, you're right. I mean, every single time a player goes out and plays, there's a chance to play in the final game of their career. Well, he's, he's got money on the table, and he didn't want to walk away from it. So I give him credit to that. Yeah, and I appreciate the phone call, Al. Let's not sneeze. I know a lot of what I've been talking about here is the fact that it's a below-market contract. It is. That is a, that's a cold, hard fact. But let's not also sneeze at $215 million. That is a, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. 
and Christian Yelich, that, that is generational kind of money. Um, would, yeah, it's, just, it's generational kind of money, and he is set and he is secure. I think more so than like the fear, and Al, I'm not trying to d- discount your point completely, but I, I, I wouldn't take it quite as far as you would with the idea that, you know, this past year with the injury at the end of the season, the, you know, the, the baseball morality or, uh, yeah, it can, can be seen, uh, there at the end. Um, mortality, excuse me, what I mean to say the ba- baseball mortality is coming up. But what I would say is now he just doesn't have to worry about it ever. He knows where he's going to play. He's going to be here for a while. No matter, like there's just all the pressures that go along with coming up on free agency as a baseball player. Those pressures are gone now, and he can just go play baseball in a place that he is very comfortable. He has said before that it feels like he's been in Milwaukee for longer than two years, and what that tells you is he's incredibly comfortable. And it's just a perfect fit. It's a good fit all the way around. And this does go back to the culture of the team. And I I do think it connects directly to Craig Council. I've talked about this many times, and you'll hear me say it over and over and over. Craig Council's greatest strength as a manager is the culture in which he creates where guys are so comfortable being who they are inside of the clubhouse. You, and you hear that all the time when, when, the, when the Brewers acquire new players, when they trade for players in the middle of the season and guys come in, it's, it's a very, it's an environment, it's not just, it's not welcoming in the sense that guys are like, hey, welcome, kumbaya, all that sort of stuff. It's welcoming in the sense that it's just this environment where everybody fits in. And that has a lot to do with the way Craig Council manages. So, so good on, good on Christian Yelich for saying, I'm happy, I'm comfortable, I'm going to get paid a lot of money, and I don't have to worry about becoming a free agent at some point in the future. Just don't have to worry about it. Want to be in Milwaukee? I'm going to be in Milwaukee. That's what he said. Uh, well, I'm sure that's going to be the kind of the tone of the press conference that is going to uh, come up tomorrow. The Brewers have, by the way, officially announced the uh, the press conference time. Let's see. I want to check and see what time that's going to be coming up tomorrow. 11 a.m. Central Time is when that press conference is going to take place tomorrow uh, in Arizona. So we'll get uh, we'll get more of an idea from him what his motivation was to get the deal done. But comfort has a lot to do with it. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. It's Brewers Weekly. We're back to wrap things up next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Just a few minutes left in the program. Shameless plug, I do a Brewers Extra Innings podcast. It comes out uh, Sunday nights slash early Monday mornings. And uh, sometimes we do uh, a little extra. In fact, I did an emergency podcast this past week just with my thoughts on uh, the Christian Yelich signing. Would love for you to tune in uh, to the podcast. You can find it at WTMJ.com, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, wherever you do uh, get your podcast. Just search Brewers Extra Innings and you will be able to uh, find it. AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Mike in Colorado. Almost immediately after Grandal and Moustakis left, I thought the Brewers were saving funds in order to extend Christian Yelich. Good for him, the Brewers, and fans. He fits in in Milwaukee. I was looking forward to this season with nervous anticipation, but after listening to Craig Council last week, I'm thinking this year's team is going to be very good again 
Also, Arcia is doing well now, and I won't be surprised to see him traded at some point in time. A lot there, Mike. Always appreciate you being uh, tuned in from Colorado. So my initial thought as well when I first heard that Yelich was getting extended was that they took some of the payroll for for this year that maybe you felt like they didn't spend in the offseason and spent it on Yelich. That's why I was a little bit surprised when the new deal did not give him any type of a raise for these next two seasons. That's not to dismiss what you're saying. You know, you can you you don't have you can have some money in your wallet and you don't have to spend it tomorrow. You can spend it next week or next year and it's still good. I, I get that. Uh, but that that was the part of this deal that surprised me. I always thought that the best chance to extend him was by making giving him a little bit more money for some of these years that he was already under contract and it didn't work out that way they were able to extend him without doing that so good for for all parties involved i i do this every year look i'm a baseball guy i love the sport of baseball and as spring training rolls on all you can do is focus on the reasons a team might be successful will be successful and we've talked about this before on this show Kind of the strategy of you know the the sum of the parts is greater than what what the individuals are and the positionless baseball and all that sort of stuff that we've we've gotten into on this program. I'm I'm very intrigued by this year. What's good? You can look at third base. Are you going to get thirty home runs and a hundred RBIs out of third base this year? Probably not. Probably not. Are you going to get a higher batting average out of third base? Probably, especially if Eric Sogard plays there a lot. What are you going to get out of Orlando Arcia? Is this uptick that we're seeing from him right now in spring training just another one of his bounce backs when being challenged? He's been challenged a lot as a brewer, whether it's the times he's been sent back to AAA, whether it's the times where he's been put on the bench and other players have started, and every single time he always punches out of that corner and does well at least for a while, but he hasn't been able to sustain it can he sustain it? Are they gonna? Is it gonna be a situation where once Luis Urias is ready to go, he's gonna be the guy? There are so many questions about this team, but the Brewers are really confident that when they take the 26 players that are on the roster at any given moment during the course of the season, that those 26 players are going to be able to put together a very, very competitive ball club that's going to be right there in the mix once again for a postseason spot. And you make it to the postseason. As the Washington Nationals showed us this past year, you never know what may end up happening. And that's what I still view this team as. I still think this is a team that when we get into August next year, I think we'll all look and see a team that's right there in playoff contention. Whether that means they're contending for a division title or anything else, they're going to be in playoff contention. All right, that's it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. We'll talk to you again real soon here on WTMJ.